Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. To receive instructions from you, we ask to God for wisdom, we ask for revelation, we ask for insight that will cause us to be edified and become exactly who you intend us to be. In Jesus' name, Amen. Alright, we want to continue from where we stopped on our study on biblical language in numbers and today we want to be dealing with number 13 and this is part 10 on the series but this is number 13 that we want to deal with we started like we said before from number 1 all through 10, 11, 12 and now we want to deal with number 13 hallelujah are we here now number 13 uh, it's commonly seen to be an unlucky number. Most times you, you can hear people even tell you not to hire a house that is number 13. You know, they said it's an evil number. Uh, it's a number that carries with it negative impacts and so on and so forth. But we are God's children and we have to understand that essentially uh, we are ruled and controlled by God's Spirit and not lucky and unlucky numbers. Alright, but I'm going to be sharing some things which are also very important in relation to this number. Uh, maybe why people often refer to it as a lucky number. Praise the Lord. One thing that is very clear about number 13 is that it is symbolic of rebellion and lawlessness. Number 13 is symbolic of rebellion and lawlessness. As we're going to be saying that, we also found that 13 stands for all the government created by men without God. I want you to get that. First of all, number 13 stands for rebellion and lawlessness. You first of all have to understand that 12 stands for the kingdom of God. You remember that? 12 stands for the kingdom of God. 13 is just like 1 above 12. And so it stands for men trying to establish their own authority outside of God. Praise the Lord. And so, like I said, 13 stands for government created by men without God. Now if we look at Genesis 10 verse number 9, we'll be able to see a picture there. Genesis 10 verse number 9. We will read of King Nimrod, who was, the Bible said, mighty hunter before the Lord. 
Now, what it really stands to say there was, Nimrod wanted to take the place of God in establishing his own kingdom. Amen? We are saying that number 13 is the number of rebellion and lawlessness. And it stands for all governments that men want to put in place outside of God's government. Because this is simply that which exceeds the kingdom of God, which is number 12. Man trying to project his own ideas outside of the kingdom of God. You find that, like I said, in Numbers 10, verse number, I mean Genesis 10, verse number 9. Now, Himrod was a 13th in, in, in terms of. He was of the 13 in Ham's lineage. Ham's was one of the sons of Noah that survived the ark. Right? Now Nimrod was the 13th of those that survived. I mean, one of the sons of Noah from, from Ham. Ham being among the three sons of Noah that survived the flood. Nimrod came from Ham and he was number 13 in that lineage. And Nimrod was trying to establish his own government outside of God's government. So you see the play in number 13 in that particular thing. So like I said, it stands for rebellion against God. If you take time to study what number 13 stands for, praise the Lord. Now, there is something also very important that I would like us to see. If you look at the book of 1 Kings 11, reading from verse number 6. 1 Kings 11, reading from verse number 6. Hallelujah. Sorry, Pastor. Let me drop the background. That's kingdom stuff. 1 Kings 11, verse number 6. Or through seven and eight. The Bible says, And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord as did David his father. Verse seven said, Then Solomon, then did Solomon build a high place for Chemos, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech. The abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrifices unto their gods. Now, what I want you to pick there is the word Molech. Molech was a god that one of the wives of Solomon introduced into Jerusalem. And it was in a valley called the Valley of Hinnom. And that valley was where they were now sacrificing children to this particular God. As a matter of fact, I refer to this God Molech as the God of fertility. But this is what happens. It's like an image. And it was made completely of iron. 
Now, they will heat the iron when the iron is hot, red hot. They take the young baby and put in the arms of that image. And the child will roast to death. While the child is crying, they will be rejoicing and feeling happy that God is going to prosper them and cause them to be fed. I mean, prosperous that year. So it was a God Molech. Now it was done in the valley of Hinnom. Now, if you check the Bible, the valley of Hinnom is mentioned 13 times. So, here we find again that number 13 is a symbol of evil. In quotes. Because valley of Hinnom is mentioned 13 times in the scriptures. And... Something again you need to understand again is when Jesus was describing Gehenna, he was actually referring to the valley of Enon. We may not have time to go into the details on that, but when you read about Gehenna, which is what they call hell, you are actually talking about the valley of Enon. Now, what happened was when Josiah became king in Israel and he was trying to clean the city, he turned that valley to a refuse dump where all manner of things from the city, the carcasses and all refuge, in fact, was like an incinerator. So instead of what it was serving in the days of Solomon, by way of the sacrifices in the days of King Josiah, it became like an incinerator to clean out Jerusalem. And that's exactly what Jesus was referring to when we were talking about the issue of hell. Now, I won't have time to discuss all of that, but that is where hell or Gehenna came from. The Greek word is Gehenna, but in the Hebrew it's called the Valley of Hinnom. And it's to the southern part of Jerusalem. That's where they had that God called Molech. But like I'm saying, it was mentioned 13 times. Praise the Lord. Are you there? Now, if you take time to read in the book of Revelation, essentially, the word dragon which is the symbol of Satan, is found 13 times in the Bible. Dragon. Dragon is a symbol, you know, of Satan. Like you find in the book of Revelation 12. The dragon, the serpent, the devil, right? Good. The word dragon is used 13 times in the Bible. And it's a symbol of rebellion. Like I keep saying, praise the Lord. It's a symbol of rebellion. So when you see the word dragon, it's used 13 times in the scriptures. Now don't forget we're dealing with the symbolic and important meaning of the word of the number 13. And like I said in the beginning, you find that 13 is just one step ahead of 12. And we said that 12 is the kingdom of God, is the authority and the power of God. So we have 12 disciples, we have the 12 tribe of Israel, 
We have the tree that bears 12 manner of fruit in the book of Revelation 22. Right? Are we together? Now you're stepping ahead of number 12 and you move into number 13. It's like you're trying to rebel or rebel against the number 12. Which is you're trying to set up your own government. Now, let me, let me read this scripture. Let's go down to Romans 1. Let's look at 28 to 32. These are actually 22 characteristics of those who walk in rebellion against God. This thing we're going to be reading is the characteristics, and there are 22. But one thing you're going to discover is the one of these characteristics, which is number 13, speaks of those who hate God. Let's, re- let's look at it. Romans chapter 1, 28. And when as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over. Romans 1, 28. As they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. To do those things which are not convenient. That's to retain or to acknowledge. Right? Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, which is number 13 now, but when you go to verse 13, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they could commit all things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but that have pleasure in them that do them. Now, if you check these 22 characteristics of those who rebelling against God, number 13 speaks of the haters of God. Did you see that? That's number 13. I mean, number 13 of all the 22 characteristics, number 13 speaks of haters of God. Look at verse 30 again. Go to back to verse 30, and there you see that. Verse number 30, Romans 1, 30. But by us, haters of God. Now, that phrase, haters of God, is number 13 of all the 22 characteristics. So, number 13 speaks of hatred and rebellion against God. Are you seeing it? Praise the Lord. All right. Again, we'll find that number 13 speaks of defilement. Defilement. Hallelujah. I'm sure you're you're trying to take notes. It's just very simple. Haters of God, that's number 13. Rebellion, haters of God, and self-government. Somebody wants to set up like Nimrod, whether to set up his own government. Independent of God. Is that okay? Right. 
Then second thing also that I want to make mention of is in relation to number 13, we'll find that it speaks of defilement. Jesus said that in Mark chapter 7. Look at verse 20 to 23. These are 13 things Jesus said defies a man. He said it's not what you take in, but what's got out of a man. Look at that. He said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed what evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. How many characteristics do you find there? 13. Are you there with me? So 13 speaks of all defilement. I need you to begin to follow it. It speaks of government, self-government, stepping out of number 12. It speaks of rebellion. It speaks of hatred for God. And it speaks of defilement. That's number 13. Now, why is this thing important while we're dealing with So, for instance, if you're beginning to get ministrations, and you've been given number 13, God may be wanting you to check your excesses. Is that okay? Are you following me? All right. So, verse 23, all these things come from within and defile the man. Okay, so... Another factor that is associated with number 13 is destruction. Destruction. Now we may not have time to read all of that, but I will just let you see it. If you take time to study, you find that the wall of Jericho came down after they marched around the city. 13 times. So it stands for destruction. You see, for the first six days they went round, and the seventh day they went round seven times. The, the first six days once, that makes it six times. And the seventh day, which is the last day, they went round seven times. So if you take six and add it to seven, what do you get? You have 13, and then the wall came down. So you find that number 13 actually stands also for destruction. Praise the Lord. Are you following what I'm doing here? I need you to get this. Like I said, if you press venture begin to have ministrations that relates to number 13, then you should be able to begin to decode what God is speaking to you about. It could mean God is trying to tell you to either pray, avoid destruction, just like we find in the case of Jericho. It could mean the Lord is intended to pray that your rebellion, there's rebellion in your heart against Him. It could mean the Lord is trying to tell you that you are automatically developing hatred towards God. Like we find in Romans chapter 1 and verse 30. Haters of God is number 13. 
of all the 22 characteristics of those who rebel against God. Are you getting this? That's important. And again, like we find in Mark chapter 7 verse 23, should you be getting ministrations coming from number 13? God could be advising or counseling or trying to pull you away from the realm of defilement, whatever the case may be. Praise the Lord. Are you there? So Jericho, the when six straight days, and on the seventh day, they marched seven times, making a total of 13 times, and the wall came down. You see that? So you see where number 13 is playing out in scriptures. Now, again, I want to say this. We're not just talking about what people say in relation to number 13 by indicating that it's an unlucky number. We're not talking about that. We, we don't walk by luck as children of God. Amen? Are we here? We, we don't really live by luck. We live by God's grace. We live by His prophetic destiny. We walk into all that God has for us. And that's why scripture will say all things work together for good. So then we are being called according to His purpose. Who love God. Amen? Praise the Lord. Alright, so... That is about Jericho coming down after the walk around seven times and then the first six days one time then the seventh day they walk around seven times and the wall came down go with me to first king chapter one i mean chapter seven look at verse number one i see number 13 again to be number of self self-exhortation self-pleasure first king chapter seven verse number one Hallelujah. The Bible said, But Solomon, let me see if I have it here. I'll read it through together. But Solomon building his own house 13 years and he finished all his house. But go to 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 38. 1 Kings chapter 6 verse 38 And in the eleventh year in the month that which is the eighth month was the house finished throughout all the parts thereof and according to all the fashion of it so was the seventh year in building it He spent seven years to build God's house but he spent thirteen years to build his own house <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> That's Solomon. How many years did he spend building God's house? Seven years. I'm just picturing what it looks like. The temple of God, the temple of Solomon, he spent seven years to finish it. I did agree because the father had a lot of materials on ground, yes. But compared it to, he spent seven years building God's house, and he spent how many years building his own house? 13 years 
Think about that. So for me, 13 speaks of self-aggrandizement. It speaks of a boisterous spirit. It speaks of self, uh, what I would call self-exaltation, self-glory. Hallelujah. Now, I just want you to get that comparison. Where he will spend seven years in building God's temple, and then we spend 13 years in building his own house. <laughs> Praise the living God. Now you can begin to understand why he keeps saying, Vanity of vanity, all is vanity. He realized at the end that it was a waste of time, even in that which he tried to achieve on the face of the earth. You see, when you read the whole book of Ecclesiastes, it has nothing to do with spirituality in the true sense. It tried to describe the nature of man, his effort without God. That's what you find in the book of Ecclesiastes, which he wrote. Solomon had to put all of these things to a continuation. I need you to think about it. How do you go about building God's temple? And then you spend seven years in doing that. And then you're building your own house. You spend 13 years. Praise the Lord. I don't know what wisdom he had in doing what he was doing. Hallelujah. Are you there? We're going to be very brief today. I didn't want to take us too deep. So, I need you to consider all of those facts. Remember where we're coming from? Nimrod, rebellion, hatred, and hate, not those who hate God. You know, all of that described number 13. But there's something very beautiful that I want you to see about number 13. As we move on as well. Praise the Lord. Hiya. Look at Genesis chapter 17, verse 25. Okay, let's go down a little bit. Let's start from verse 20. Genesis 17, verse 20. And as for Ishmael, I've held thee, behold, I've blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, I will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall be begot, shall he begot, and I will make him a great nation. God speaking about Ishmael, right? Okay. Verse 22 or 21 now. But my covenant will not establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at a set time in the next year. What's the next thing? And he left off talking with him, and God went off from Abram. And then the next thing, verse 23. And Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all that were born in his house. And all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of each Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of the false king in the same day as God has said unto him. And Abraham was ninety years old and nine when he was circumcised in the flesh of his false king. 
And Ishmael's son was how many years? 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. What is that supposed to be talking about? This is the establishment, if you will, of the new covenant. Moving from the old to the new. So essentially again you find that number 13 this with the cutting off of the flesh of the old man. We're talking about the circumcision of the heart. So number 13 actually speaks about it. That's why I said it's not something you see always as unlucky number or even number. No, you also come to the place of realizing that number 13 speaks about you moving into a new season. Praise the Lord. So, here we find out, if you take time to read from chapter 1, I mean chapter 17 of that Genesis 1 to 22, God was talking about a new covenant. Amen? And the symbolism of what was pointed to the new covenant was what? The circumcision. And Ishmael was circumcised. When he was 13 years old. And Abraham was 29. All moving into a new season. So again, sometimes the Lord could be speaking to you about the circumcision of your heart when he begins to show you number 13. He could begin to talk to you on this ground that there is something he wants to do. You need your heart to be circumcised. As you move on into a new season. It could be God talking to you to, that he intends to establish a new covenant with you, but that I mean he wants to do something specific with your life that you were not experiencing before. Amen? You know, if you take time to study the scripture, the promise of Isaac was about when he was 86 years of age, when God told him. But the promise was realized when he was 99 years old. Now if he surprised 86 from 99, what do you get? 13. That means number 13 speaks of fulfillment of promises that God has made. Amen. Number 13 speaks of promises, fulfillment of promises. So again, when God begins to show you or talk to you from number 13, you have to begin to understand certain things. You start from the, the I mean the journey we had so far. It could be rebellion in your heart, it could be disobedience in your heart. It could be that you are trying to establish an authority independent of him. That is to say, you're setting up your own self-government. Right? Good. It could be the Lord is trying to tell you that you have some hatred in your heart for him. And a hatred manifests in various ways. Somebody needs to understand that. Hallelujah. Let's, let's look at Exodus 20. 
talk about that issue of hatred. Exodus 20, look at verse uh, 4, 5, and 6, so that you see what I'm trying to say there. Exodus 24. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. And the next thing says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I am the Lord thy God. I am a jealous God, visiting iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that do what hate me. So, there are haters of God, like we find in Romans chapter 1, verse 30. But again, when you go down to the sixth verse in this place, what do you see? And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me. Did you get that? So we have those who love God, we have those who hate God. And haters of God are into the bracket of number 13. We said that before. From Romans chapter 1 and verse number 13. Are you following it? I need you to understand this. Pay close attention to what we're dealing with. It's vitally important you understand because when God starts speaking to you, then you should be able to know exactly what God is saying. Hallelujah. Are we together? So, this is so important. So when you look at that Exodus chapter 20, of those who hate God, they visit iniquity. And then Romans 1.30, of all the 22 characteristics of those that rebel against God, number 13 speaks of those that hate God, haters of God. Let's take it again. Romans 1 verse 13. Trying to recap some of these things for you. Romans 1 verse 30 tells us about those who hate God. It talks about barbiters and what? Haters of God. And Exodus 20 verse 5 talks about he visited iniquity unto the throne and fourth generation of them that do what? Hate him. So we have those who hate God. And those who hate God are opposed to those who love God. Praise the Lord. So we have haters of God, we have those that love God. Are you there with me? And we are saying haters of God, as we can find from Romans 1, 30, equals number 13. So I'm saying, assuming you begin to get this ministration, you should be able to find out precisely what God is telling you. Is it trying to say you started developing hatred in your heart towards him? Is that okay? Yeah. This is meant to guide you. This is meant to lead you. Is it trying to say you are going to the realm of defilement, like we find in Mark chapter 7, reading from verse 20? The, the, the 13 characteristics of those that walk in the realm of defilement we find in Mark chapter 7, reading from 20 to 23. Are we following? Right. 
So, these things are meant to help you, to guide you, to lead you in your walk with God. I want to reemphasize we don't walk by lock. Therefore, it's not a question of number 13 is an unlucky number. Men say that. But we, as children of God, we don't live by lock. We walk by the grace of God, the life of God. Amen. Look at Romans 8, verse 28. Romans 8, verse 28. Very important scripture that I would like us to read. Praise the Lord. Can you get it? You know, it talks about all things work together for good. Amen? Romans 8 verse 28. All things work together for good. To them who love God, who have been called according to His purpose. The one I really want you to pick out there again is the word love God. Romans 8.28 To them who love God. And that takes you to Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 6. He will show mercy unto thousands of them that love Him. So, we don't walk by law. We walk by grace and we, we live to fulfill our prophetic destiny as ordained in the hand of the Father. Praise the living God. Are you still there? So, get it right. Again, I emphasize this when the Lord begins to talk to you about number 13, figure out. Maybe my prayers. And searching so that you'll be able to know exactly what God is communicating to you. Is it trying to tell you to get out of defilement? Is it trying to tell you you're beginning to develop hatred in your heart towards me? And one of the ways by which you develop hatred in your heart towards God is not to pay attention to His word. Amen? When you don't pay attention to His word, when you don't pay attention to instructions, when you don't even find time again to study the word, your Bible, if I may use the word, you're developing hatred towards God. You know what Jesus said? He said, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. The proof of your love is when you keep his word. So we said, we know that all things work together for good to them that do what? Love God. Hallelujah. So these are men that are opposed to haters of God. We're talking about those who love God. The proof of your love for God is how you pay attention to what he says. Like Jesus said, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandment. The proof of your love is how much love you have for the world. Praise the Lord. So, if for instance the Lord begins to speak to you and giving you number 13, He's trying to tell you, you're pulling away from following the word, you're not paying attention again to what I am saying. So, it's like saying, come back to me. Show me your love by going back to my word. For if you love me, you keep my commandments. 
We have those that hate God. The number 13 family, if you will. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They call it haters of God. Who would not have to, you know, they don't love God to the point of keeping His word. So, if God is calling you and speaking to you and giving you number 13, your dreams and your vision, He's just trying to say, hey, you developing hatred in your heart towards me by not keeping my words. Praise the Lord. Are you there? And you know, when you're not keeping His word, that means you come into the place of rebellion. And not just being rebellious, you come into the place of establishing self-authority or government. Right? Like Nimrod. Or again, you come into the place of self-aggrandizement, thinking that, I mean, self is more important, which Solomon finally established when he spent 13 years in building his own house. And he spent seven years building the house of God. It was a wonderful king, isn't it? Praise the Lord. <laughs> I can imagine why his house will not be that big. Because he had uh, about 300 wives. And if every one of them should have a room, that place would be big enough. So I shouldn't be surprised. It's like was building every year for 13 years to be able to accommodate all those people. You see what I mean? That's self. So, when you begin to see number 13 playing out regularly before you, maybe God is just warning you, you're developing self. You're trying to develop self to the point where you lose touch with me. Your love is gone. Now it's self. Praise the living God. Are you still there? Right. I'm just wrapping up everything for you. But the most important thing, like I said tonight, is, and don't forget, I told you also that Jericho Wall came down after 13 times movement. Is that okay? Right, follow that. So I, I said about destruction, self-government, defilement. You just need to get those things that I tried to mention to you. If you want me to repeat them and make you see that, I talk about government, self-government. All governments, outside of God, falls into the category of number 13. Is that alright? So self-government, you're no longer under the authority of God, you come to the place of rebellion, you come to the place of hating God, you come to the place of self-destruction, if you will. Number 13, the Jericho wall coming down, you come to the place of defilement, I mentioned that, Mark chapter 7, and then you come to the place of self-aggrandizement when you feel yourself is more important than anything else, like Solomon. But above all, in wrapping up, I told us that when you come to number 13, sometimes God begins to speak to you. He's dealing with the fact that He wants to move you to a new season and a new covenant with Him. Because we do know that Israel, after the Lord started talking, you know, in Genesis chapter 1, I mean chapter 17, from 1 to 22, when he was speaking to him about the new covenant in relation to what he's going to do, he had to talk to him about circumcision. And at the age of, 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 of Abraham, 99 was circumcised because you know, then you have a new season, a new person, a new relationship. Praise the living God. And Ishmael now was circumcised at the age of what? Of 13 years. 
You see what I mean? So that speaks of a new season, a new covenant that God intends us. If God is speaking to you from number 13, sometimes it simply means He wants to establish a new relationship with you. He needs you to grow or upgrade from the relationship you have with Him to another one. Are you there with me? So the point is this. When this revelation begins to come, begin to search, what is God trying to say? You check yourself. And once you know that all other areas are fine with you, you walk in and consider with His love in terms of His word, then you must know that God is about to upgrade you in your relationship with Him. A new covenant has been established. And again, like I said, Abraham got the promises of Isaac, more or less at the age of 86. But the promises came to pass when it was 99. Amen? And then when you surpass that, what you find is what? 13. So you find again that number 13 speaks of the fulfillment of promises. So now if God is establishing a new covenant with you, and it comes to a point where certain things are happening in your life, it simply means the promises he has for you is about to be fulfilled. Are we together? Praise the living God. So, here again we're dealing with the issue of God. Now, one of the things, let's not miss it, one of the things that speaks about hatred and rebellion is, like we said before, the valley of Hinnon. And the valley of Hinnon is where sacrifice was made to idols. Can you remember that? So one of the things that actually depicts hatred in your heart when you go into idolatry. Now that is not necessarily speaking about you trying to set up an image. You understand that? No. But let me show you this. First uh, John chapter 5, give me verse 19 and 20. First John chapter 5, let's look at verse 19 and 20. I'll show you what idolatry speaks about in a way. If you can find that. These things are I written. No, I said First John 5. What did I say? 19 and 20. Verse 19 is what I mean. Okay, go back to verse 18. Let's take it from verse 18 so that you can follow it a little bit. We know that whatsoever is born of God, sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God, keepeth himself, and that we kept wrong, touching him not. Look at verse 19. Verse 19. And we know that we are of God. And the whole world lies in what? In wickedness. Verse 20. And we know that the Son of God is come. Now, I always like this word. It may not be so in other translations. But for me, the meaning is, it's a continuous coming. We know that the Son of God is come, not has come or came. It's not past tense, it's ever present. And I've given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and what? Eternal life. Now look at the next verse, verse 21. Little children, let me disciples, keep yourself from what? Idols. What kind of idols? When you don't understand that Jesus is the true God, you have an idol. 
Hey, look at verse, look at verse 19. <laughs> we know that he is a true God and he has come and we are in him. That is what we know. Are, are you sitting there with me? When you don't see God as Christ and Christ as God, when you don't see him to be where you are, when you see something is outside of him, you're setting up an idol in your heart. Is anybody understanding this? I just need to look at that. And we know that the Son of God is come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true and we are in Him that is true even in Son Jesus Christ. This is what? The true God and eternal life. Look at the next scene. Little children, disciples, keep yourself from what? Idols. Hallelujah. Are you sitting there with me? Now, simple now. So, keep yourself from worshiping at the valley of him. <laughs> keep yourself from watching, worshiping Molech, like the wife of Solomon wants to establish. Keep yourself from Gehenna. I know. When you don't see Christ as a true God, you're setting up another God in place of God. That becomes an idol. When your words takes the place of God, when you begin to think that you have made your life, your world, all by yourself, you're setting up an idol in your heart. When the true love of God, by loving His word, is no longer in your heart, you're setting up an idol in your heart. That's what it was, uh, little children. Keep yourself from what? From idols. Hallelujah. And we said, the god Molech, which is the idol god Molech in the valley of Hinnom, was mentioned how many times? Thirteen times. And so, if God begins to show you this thing, sometimes he's saying, you're already having another god in my place, in your heart. Praise the living God. So, little children, keep yourself forward from my elders. I just love this number. Though it's, it's, it, people look at it to be a very mysterious number, very much a lucky number. In fact, there are people I've read who want to go get an apartment and it's number 13. They will not pay. They will not want to be there. That's an unlucky number. No. Not for believers. Praise the living God. We only need to know what the number is talking about. We know why God has to use the number, the number of times he's using it. So when you begin to have revelation again, like I said, that everything is coming out in terms of numbers, number 13, you just go through all these things you are jotting down. Where do I belong? Why is God saying this to me? Am I becoming self-governance? Am I not despising God? Am I rejecting His counsel? Have I set up an idol in my heart that God doesn't want? Is the word of God fading away from my heart, showing that I don't love Him the way I'm supposed to love Him? I mean, is destruction coming on my way, like the case of Jericho? What is going on? You can find out. But above all, you can also rejoice that God is trying to give you some promises by establishing a new covenant with you. Not different from the covenant of Jesus. When I use the word new covenant, 
It's nothing different, but that he's just trying to build you up. He's trying to move you from one level of life to another. Just like Abraham has to be second side because he wanted to do something. Isaac that was going to come at the end of the day has to be a new creature in quotes as compared to the life he was living before. Is that okay? Praise the living God. You know, you realize the case of Moses? When Moses was to go to Egypt and... Uh, uh, and God almost wanted to kill him on the road in an inn. Remember that? Why? Because his son was not circumcised. You know the story, right? Right. And the wife was saying, oh, come on, you bloody man. You know, after they cut off the foreskin, because God was to kill Moses, gave him fever, I was going to kill him in the inn there. You are not going to be able to go to Egypt to take the people out into a new season, a new covenant and have with you and your own son is not circumcised. I would rather kill you than to send you there. So by the time the wife cut off the foreskin of, 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 of the son, he got relief of, of his illness as it were. So it is the same thing. God will not allow Abraham to foreshadow, if you will, the new covenant through Christ in Isaac without circumcision. Are you getting that? Good. So that's just the point. So if this ministration begins to come to you, it means God is about to bring you to another level. He, he, I mean, I will say His love is for you. You have a relationship with Him and He wants to upgrade you from the level you are to another level. So on a personal level with Him, He's trying to establish a new covenant, a new relationship with you that will bring forth glory and praise. He's bringing forth a fulfillment of some of the promises that He has made before. So like I said, number 13 stands for promises fulfilled. Amen? Praise the living God. I hope I've helped you tonight. Go back home, meditate, listen to this step, and figure out when God is speaking to you as to what number 13 stands for. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email at admin at gkai.net. God bless you.